0: All right, everybody, welcome to the Max Effort Kitchen podcast. We have a fun recipe uh, episode for you today. So grab uh, your pin pad and let's go. everybody welcome back to the max effort kitchen podcast i am your host chef matt and we got a fun episode for you today a little bit of a solo episode um the uh food for thought has been put uh off a little bit because co-host sean thornton is out of town so when he gets back in we will uh get back on the road with that one but uh i just wanted to take an opportunity to talk about something that has been, um, or a recipe that has been, you know, my nemesis through my entire culinary career, uh, or just in the entirety of my cooking life, because I could never do this one thing consistent. I could never do this one thing to the, not maybe not perfection, but in my mind, perfection. Um, I could not get the chocolate chip cookie to turn out the way I wanted. And this is, I mean, this has been a, a journey over many, many, many of years of different recipes and, and manipulating and testing and, uh, some working, some not working, uh, and just not actually getting it to the point where I want it. So, um, but I had a bit of a, a light bulb moment over the holidays here and I made a double batch of uh, the chocolate chip cookies that I think I have perfected. Now, I understand that everybody likes their cookie a little bit different, but so when I say I have perfected the cookie, I think I have made a chocolate chip cookie recipe that can speak to the entire realm of people who eat cookies, which is pretty much everybody, but um, hey, there's some out there that don't. So we're just going to uh, not waste any time and get right into it. Um, the chocolate chip cookie is is something of simplicity, right? You know, it's it's sweet. It's you know that dark chocolate or rich chocolate or whatever kind of chocolate chips you like to use. Um, some people like oatmeal. Some people put uh, you know nuts. Um we're we're going to do the basics and then we can talk about some, you know, um different add-ins that you can do down the road or whatever, but this recipe is it's fail-proof. I mean, it especially if I can do it and <clears throat> admittedly, I am not a baker, right? Um I am I am culinary through and through and I'm the one that makes adjustments in the middle of a recipe. I'm the one that's tasting my food and saying, oh, add a little bit of vinegar, add a little bit of salt. Let's get some cream in that, you know, because I'm looking for specific levels of flavor. Um, But, uh, you know, baking is such a a science experiment that it's like you can't just do that and see something come out in the way that it should, right? And I've done this recipe. I think I've ran through it about a half, half a dozen times. And each time I've done it, I've gotten consistency. And that's the one thing I look for, you know, in a recipe is like, can I produce the same thing over a number of times? So I'm just going to keep on making it and, make it and making it and making it until I see, you know, something, a hole or something that needs improvement. But this recipe is um, showing consistency. So that's the first thing I want to see consistency. Uh, the second thing is that it's, it's just like anything else. You know, food is, is such a vessel or a a thing of perspective. And, uh, you know, everybody's going to have their idea of what the perfect cookie is, but this is going to hit, um, all the different areas in which everybody looks for a cookie. Um, it's also adjustable based off of your temperature and time, which you've heard me talk about that a lot. And when it comes to cooking and baking is is the same thing, um, your number one variable is temperature and time. That's going to uh, create flavors. It's going to create textures. It's going to, um, you know it's going to make your food ready or not ready. It's, it's going, it is the game changer. It is the number one time and temperature. I'm going to preach that to the end of days, but let's, let's get into this. So the first thing I do and uh, the first thing I do is I I make sure the night before I take out my butter I want my butter room temperature. I don't want it melted. Don't ever melt your butter because what happens there is the butter or the butter fats Milk fats is what we call them, and the oils they separate, and we don't want them to separate because then that messes up um, how the cookie bakes and comes together. Because it actually turns out that the cookie will be much more dry and it's and easier to overcook if your butter is melted. So we don't want to do that. So take out your butter. Leave it on the counter overnight. We're gonna do one stick of butter. Okay, take out one stick of butter. Leave it on the counter. Some people like to put it on top of their fridge because it's a little warmer up there. It doesn't matter. Just put it on a dish somewhere where you know kids or animals are not gonna get into it, and then you know go from there. Leave it out overnight. Next thing we're gonna do is we're gonna to go to the store, and we are going to buy ourselves. Um, you can get them in sticks. Or you can get it in the big containers, uh, Crisco. And this is the number one biggest difference in my recipes. And I learned this from somebody, so I'm not going to take credit. But they were like, hey, why don't you cut it with Crisco? Because that's what I do, and these cookies turn out great. And I loved her cookies. So, um, So what we're doing, we're going one stick of butter and then one stick of Crisco, what that equals out to in measurements is a half a cup of butter and a half a cup of Crisco, which is making a full cup of fat, right? So, and don't, don't worry about, um, you know, getting everything written down right now. I'm going to go over the ingredients list after I get done here. I'm also going to post it on the Instagram. So you'll be able to grab it there. So we got butter we got Crisco fast forward. The next day, we got room temperature, and what I like to do to make sure it is room temperature and where I need, need it to be is I take the butter with the wrapper on it and I just put my hand on it and put pressure. And if I pancake it, it's perfect. Um, if I need to like put all my weight into it, it's got more time to go. We need, we need it softer than that. Um, so let's for, for uh, conversation sake, let's just say I put my hand on it. It pancakes. Perfect. Uh, the Crisco doesn't need to be at room temperature. I, you know, I keep mine at room temperature. Um, so it's not a big deal. I never think about it. So let's get our butter in the bowl. Let's get our Crisco in the bowl. Okay. And I, I encourage that when you, when you cook or when you bake, I always like to have a, a list of ingredients in front of me. So I mark them off I mean, that's what we use recipes for. It's our roadmap. Okay, next thing we're going to get into the bowl is three-quarter cup of white sugar and three-quarter cup of brown sugar packed. Now, um, this is really important because what I found out is that if you don't, when, when you put your, when you're going to measure out your brown sugar, you need to like get your hand in there or get something in there and pack it down and then put more and pack it down. Like almost like you're making um, like a snowball, right? You know how you pack them nice and tight. You want it tight like that. You don't want any air in there. You don't want any room for for uh, loose sugar because what's going to happen is it's going to affect the flavor. And the brown sugar is, all, is, is really where a lot of your flavor is coming from. And when you taste the dough at the end, and if you don't taste that brown sugar, you don't have enough in there. You should always taste it. So three quarter cup brown sugar, three quarter cup white sugar. We're going to put that in the bowl with the butter and Crisco. Now, here's where um, I am absolutely 100% um, specific is you must take that moment right there. I use, um, you can use a fork. I use like a, a, a potato masher. And I do get in there, and I just start mashing in the uh, sugar with the butter until the butter starts to break up and clump up, until the sugar starts to get in, and it's all starting to become one. Right? We're not looking to completely uh, mix it with uh, the you know the smasher, but what we're doing is we're looking to smash the butter and incorporate the sugar at the same time. Okay, so just keep doing that. I mean, literally three to five minutes because what you really want is you want it to look like wet sand and like there's a little bit of loose stuff on the bottom but there's these clumps and you just want to really get in there and you want to make that sugar and butter one okay then i'm going to grab two wet ingredients i'm going to grab my eggs and i'm going to grab my vanilla i'm going to crack my eggs throw them in there and then i'm going to put my vanilla in there Now, I am the first one to raise my hand and say, I do not own a KitchenAid mixer, stand mixer. Um, I don't think you need one. I think you can make great products by uh, using, you know, the hand mixer, which is what I use with the two paddles. Um, I'm, you know, I also use a wooden spoon. You know, I'm a little old school like that. And I think that it also makes me slow down and realize what I'm doing. It makes me feel the dough, um, and I see it better. So got my eggs in there. got my vanilla, butter, and sugar. Now I'm going to take that thing, and I'm going I'm to get my hand mixer and I'm going to put out. Now, if you do have a KitchenAid mixer, just throw it on low and let it really incorporate everything, okay? Same thing with a hand mixer. Throw it on low, get it in there, really incorporate it. Now, once you see that, that batter start to come together, And start to almost look creamy. This is what we call the creaming method. And this is the base of cooking um, cookie-like products, right? So we use the creamery method. And look that up because it's a really neat idea because there's the cake method and the creamery method. And I'm not going to go into those different methods, but this is the creamery method. And so what we're doing... Once you get everything incorporated, I'm going to throw that sucker on high and I want to really pump some air into this batter. And what I mean by that is that it's whipping everything together so quickly that it's actually growing in volume because the air is coming in and it's turning almost an opaque-ish brown tan khaki color. Once we see that khaki color throughout, okay, we're good. Turn your mixer off, you know, scrape the bowl, make sure you got everything in there. Mix up again a little, make sure everything is incorporated. Once you've done that, you've got your base. You've got your your solid base and you're ready to start adding the other, the, the three dry ingredients. The dry boys is what I call them, okay? So I'll just take my teaspoon of baking soda and I'll sprinkle it on top of that, all right? And then I take my teaspoon of salt and for my salt, um, it's like I just take a big pinch and I throw it in. Okay. And there's two food for thoughts here. And I'm, I I use kosher salt at home. Okay. If you're going to use kosher salt in a baking like this, I like to like, kind of like, uh, make sure it's a little bit more fine. You can, um, you can use normal table salt as well. um, Measure the table salt out. With the kosher salt, just pick up a pinch and throw it in there. Make sure it's, nice, it's, it's crunched up a little bit. Um, you know, I, I don't have any um, deciphering evidence on whether which salt cooks better. Um, I think you get better flavor when you're baking with a table salt um, and like an ionized salt, um, but, you know, I haven't really, like, I don't have any hard evidence there. So don't quote me on that one. Um, okay. So got, got our baking soda. I got our salt. Now I'm going to take, uh, two and a quarter cups of flour. Now I'm going to break this in half. So what I do is I like, I'll go one cup of flour, put it in there. I'll take the mixer, throw it on like medium and just start to incorporate that flour. Okay. It's going to get real dry. And then once it's, it's kind of incorporated about halfway, I take, and I put the other, other cup in there and I incorporate it more. And I start to get it going a little bit more. And you start to see that that batter, that dough come together. Um, then I take my last quarter cup and I throw it in there. And I just go to town. And I'm now I'm looking to get everything incorporated, right? Um, once you have everything incorporated and you don't see flour along the side of your bowl and it's all one like nice put-together dough and batter, what I want you to do... Is break down your hand mixer or whatever, um, and take the bowl you know take the bowl off your stand mixer, and I want you to taste your batter. You should be tasting brown sugar. You should be uh, like g- almost granulated. Taste the granulated sugar. Um, it should be sweet. It should be a little bit salty, but it should taste like um, like we all know what raw cookie dough tastes like. It should taste like that, right? Okay, so. Um, you all, you've heard me talk about this a lot. Always taste your food. Okay. Now comes the part where I just, I've never understood, you know, you see the recipes on the back of these, uh, the chocolate chip bags, right? I've never understood why, um, they don't call for an entire bag of chocolate chips. They call for like three quarters of it or like five eighths of it. And I'm like, it just doesn't make sense to me. So put the whole damn bag in there. And this this part's important to me um, because I like to have control. I'm a control issue, or I have I'm a control freak in the in the uh, kitchen. But I like to have control on this part. And this is where I break out my wooden spoon and I fold in the chocolate chips. I don't like to put my mixer through it with the chocolate chips. Now I've heard people saying, well, if you use your mixer with the chocolate chips, it breaks them up and you actually get more out of it. That's cool and all. Um, But I'm not trying to break the gears of of my thing, of my mixer. And also, I like the control of being able to fold in and really feel my dough and see it and manipulate it with my hands. Because that to me is, um, you know, a lot of everything, a lot of things I do in the kitchen is based off of feel, off of my senses, feel, smell, taste you know, and so I like to incorporate all that stuff. And if I'm just uh, relying on a a stand mixer to do my baking for me, I just don't think, you know, it's at that point, might as well just follow somebody else's recipe and not have my own, right? That's just my ego talking, I guess. (laughs) But um, once I've got all those folded in, the next step is super crucial. And the next step is like I can't even tell you how crucial this is. Like you will not, you will get two different cookies if you don't do this next step. Okay. You're, I, I take like an ice cream scoop. Um, and I get in there and it gives me the perfect size every time, but you don't have to do that. You're pretty good at eyeballing a, a ball. You know, I like, um, you know, the size of like a, like a, a giant gumball or something. Right. About that size. That's the size I like. You don't have to do that. Um, but that's the size that, that works really well for me. Uh, it's, it's a little bit smaller than a golf ball, right? So, um, what I'll do is I'll take in, get my scoop, I roll out my ball, I put it on a, a sheet pan. And I just do that until the batter's done and I fill my sheet pan, okay? And they're touching and they're filled and it's they're all nice, perfect little balls, perfect little balls, right? And then uh, and then I take my plastic wrap and I wrap the sheet pan and I put it in the fridge and I let it sit in there for 24 hours. This is a crucial step to getting volume in your cookie. If you try to cook it right out of cooking, out of making the batter without cooling it, I'm telling you right now, you will get a flat cracker-like cookie. And if that's what you like, awesome, go for it. Um, but me personally, I like a little volume. I like some chewiness. I like some crunch and I like the ability to, um, you know, stack my cookies <laughs> and it's, it's a weird thing, but I, I'm, I'm very particular about the cookies. <laughs> um, so we've wrapped our, uh, our, our sheet pan. We've put it in the fridge. We're going to let it sit 24 hours, uh, wake up the next day. Maybe not 24 hours. It can go just overnight. Let's just say that overnight. It doesn't have to be a full 24 hours. It just has to be in there long enough to get cold all the way through. Okay. So it doesn't have to be 24 hours, but it has to be at least overnight. Um, next step is we're going to wake up the next morning. We're going to make some coffee. We are going to preheat our oven. Now, this is where we get to um dictate a little bit. So, I I like my my cookies a little soft and chewy, right? So I preheated at 350. If you want a crunchier cookie on the outside, maybe a little bit chewier on the inside, um go go to 375. Uh, you know, if you're not sure, try both and see what happens, okay? So for for the conversation's sake, I'm going to say 350. So get that oven baked or, you know, preheated at 350, wait till it beeps, wait till everything is, here's what you're going to do. It requires two sheet pans, okay? If you don't have two sheet pans, be creative with how you, uh, you know, store the, uh, the little balls that you put in there the night before, you know, use a cake pan, use a bowl, don't stack them too tall on each other, but find a way to get them in there so they, they have space to cool and all that stuff. So, all right, excuse me. Um, once once our, our oven is preheated, we got our second cooking sheet out. We're going to take and we're going to place. I, I like to do like, uh, I don't know. Um, all right, I'm back. Sorry about that. So, we're going to place. I, I place uh, nine cookies. Let me think. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven. No, I'm sorry. You can go anywhere from 9 to 12. I'm going to say for the sake of, of the size of a cookie ball that I had you roll, let's go 12. Okay? Um, now, here's an important part. I use um, I use like a silk mat for my cookie sheet. So uh, it's perfect. And if you don't have one, go out and get one. You can get them on, uh, on Amazon. I'll post a link for them. I mean, you can get them in Ikea for all places. They're, they're like five bucks. They're not that big of a deal. But they make... Um, they just make cooking that much easier, right? And uh, they're fully oven-proof. And they, you just, you know, keep... I keep it on my cookie sheet that I cook. And then I wash it. And then I put it back on. So it just doesn't go anywhere, right? So, 12 balls. Preheated oven. Ready to go. Okay? I'm going to pop those cookies in there. Now... The cookies that are not in the, on that sheet pan, I'm going to put them back in the fridge because I don't want them to get to room temperature because people, the second they get to room temperature because the butter is going to get soft is when that cookie is going to go flat because if you think it like this, take a stick of butter and put it in the oven and see what happens, okay? If it's frozen, it's going to take a lot longer to melt. If it's room temperature, it's going to go flat into liquid, right? So that's kind of what we're dealing with here with that cookie ball is like it's being held together with the butter and the flour. But if that butter loosens up, then all the the cookie, everything else goes flat and it just spreads. That's why we're cooking it cold is because we want the butter to um, melt at a slower rate. What that's going to do is that's going to create a crispier outer um, coating of that cookie and a chewier, uh, softer middle. Okay. So once we put it in there, set your timer for nine minutes. Nine minutes is always my cursor on, uh, where I start when I'm like developing a recipe for a cookie, right? Nine minutes at three 50. That's always like my, okay, that's my starting point because I know that I won't overcook them and it could be spot on, but Uh, For this one, it wasn't spot on. It needed two minutes. So I I went in at nine minutes and I I opened up the oven or I turned on the light, either or, um, and I looked at them. and You can tell because if that cookie is starting to crack in the middle, you see cracks, and there's just the tannest of tan browning, it's done. Pull it out. If you don't see cracks, put it in for another two minutes. If you look at it two minutes later you don't see cracks go another two minutes okay this recipe should not take more than 13 to 14 minutes if it is then maybe your oven's not quite calibrated or it's an older oven and that's okay Um, just make note of it okay everybody's oven is a little bit different you know my oven is perfect at 13 minutes at 350 and it makes this perfect cookie and what happens Is it starts the the uh, the top of the cookie in the oven starts to crack, and that's telling me that the the vapors or or the the steam on the inside of that cookie needs to come out. And if the steam needs to come out, then that means the inside of it is starting to cook. Okay, and so if the inside of it's starting to cook, we're there. You're going to take that cookie out and. You're going to let it sit on that hot pan for two minutes. So take the cookie out of the oven or take the sheet out of the oven, put it on top of the stove, set another timer for two minutes. This is important because it's called continuous cooking and it's going to continue to cook. It's like in football for football fans off there. Yak is yards after the carry or yards after the catch. This is cooking after the heat. I don't, I don't know the acronym for that. You, you figure that one out. But you got to think two minutes on, on your uh, tray and then find um, a plate. Uh, I like to use like a metal rack to put it on so it cools nicely. What you're going to see that cookie do is it's going to look, you know, a little cracked on top, a little bit, a little tannish and like it's starting to brown on top. And that's good. But then you're going to let it, once it uh, comes off the, the sheet pan, you're going to see it to start to sink a little. And that's perfect. We want that dough to sink around the chocolate chips. And that tells me that the inside consistency is exactly where I want it to be. Now, there's, there's a step here that I am uh, not telling you all. And I'm a firm believer, but that there's no such thing as, um, a secret recipe or, oh, I did a secret trick. I can't tell you about, okay. I firmly am. I'm just, I I, I don't do that. I I think that the recipe is a recipe. What makes it special is the love that you put into it, right? So what we're going to do when that sheet pan is sitting on two, the two minute timer on top of the oven is we're going to find us some Jacobson salt, some big flake sea salt, and we're going to sprinkle it on top. Okay, Let those cookies cool with the salt on top. Not a lot. I'm talking three to four uh, flakes per cookie. So be very vigilant with how you put the flakes on there. Don't just start throwing a bunch of salt on there. Um, It won't turn out right. That is the pro move right there. I mean, on top of the other three that I've already told you, salt your chocolate chip cookies right out of the oven. It makes a world of difference because what happens is the salt enhances the sweetness of the chocolate chip and the cookie dough. I'm telling you, if you want somebody to take a bite of your cookie and want their mouth to water, salt your cookie. Because if you get somebody's mouth watering based off of a cookie, then. All right, sorry about that. Son had to come out and say hi and give me a hug. Uh, They just got home. So you get somebody um, eating your cookie and their mouth is watering. They're going to eat another and they're going to be like, what the heck did you do to these cookies? So the reason why I say salt it right out of the oven is because once you get it off that sheet pan onto your cooling rack and it starts to sink, as it sinks, it pulls in the salt. And (laughs) it's a beautiful thing when you can bite into a cookie and you almost get that salt crunch. I'm telling you, there's no other, um, there's just no other way to go. And I think if if you're looking to have a game changer on the the cookies, that's the way to do it. This recipe will change, it will change your outlook on cookie uh, chocolate chip cookies, but it will also uh, it'll change the game on your chocolate chip cookies. It'll make you the hottest cookie maker on your block. I'm telling you, I gave a bunch of these to my neighbors and they loved them. You know, they're like, Oh my God, what'd you do to these things? These are, these are gorgeous, you know? Um, and they're, they taste, (laughs) the taste is outstanding. And, um, let's see on Christmas Eve. I made, I made like I said, I made a double batch and that made me 72 cookies. And there's something about the double batch that is really, um, interesting. And if you're going to do a double batch, reach out to me on Instagram and talk to me about it because, um, I'll give you a couple, a couple ideas. We don't, we don't have the time to go through them or through it right now, but there's a couple things you need to know going into the double batch and that's mainly utensils and, uh, you know, cook times and all that stuff. And, but, um, whenever you double a recipe, interesting things happen you know, because not all ingredients are made the same. So you can't exactly double everything on the recipe and expect they're the same product. Again, that's a whole nother podcast. So um, anyways, we got to get going here. Uh, the So I'm going to go through the entire uh, recipe of this chocolate chip cookie, world's best chocolate chip cookie, <laughs> Chef Matt's chocolate chip cookie, let's just say that. Um, so we're going to start with Uh, Two and a quarter cups flour, uh, one teaspoon of salt, one teaspoon of baking soda, three quarter cups of brown sugar packed, three quarter cups of white sugar, uh, two eggs, half a cup of butter, a half a cup of Crisco. We got uh, one tablespoon of vanilla, sea salt for finishing. It's going to be cooked at 13 minutes at 350 because that's going to give me the soft and chewy with a little bit of crunch on the outside. Um, like I said, you can play with that. You can go 375 a little bit maybe on at 10 minutes and you get a little bit of a crunchier cookie. So if that's what you like, then that's cool. Um, and then the main thing is we're letting it rest on the pan for two minutes before we take the cookie off the pan and then just, you know, Rinse and repeat, rinse and repeat until that whole, whole thing is done. Now, the beautiful thing about putting them in the fridge overnight is like you can cook six, seven, eight, nine, ten cookies at once and then leave the, the rest in the, in the fridge. It's not gonna hurt them. I wouldn't say do it more than three days. Don't, you know, they probably have about a three-day shelf life until they start to dry out. And you know, when you when you have stuff in the fridge, that stuff will it'll pull moisture out. So the you know, we don't want to keep it in there. The longer it's in there, the drier it gets. So just remember that. Um, again, I will be posting this on Instagram. If you don't follow me on Instagram, it's max effort underscore kitchen at Instagram. I'm posting all kinds of fun things, lifting, uh, food stuff, uh, kids stuff, family stuff, all, you know, all the, the, the trifecta, right. The, the max effort kitchen trifecta, uh, food, family, weightlifting. And so, um, if you, uh, if you're, if you're interested in getting some swag, check me out, uh, on the Instagram, you can find the link to my website and there's uh, recipes on there. Uh, this website is getting ready to be revamped, so don't judge me too hard, but uh, I got a new one coming here shortly. In fact, I'm starting to upload a whole gamut of recipes to it, so it's going to be a fun little, uh, little deal. So um, I hope everybody had an amazing holiday uh, and is still having an amazing holiday, a safe and fun New Year's. Um, Remember, you know, like I was talking about a couple podcasts ago, uh, just because it's a new year doesn't mean we have to have a new you. Let's just do it. Let's just make it happen, right? So let's start with this freaking amazing chocolate chip cookie. Um, If you go ahead and make this recipe and something doesn't work out, you know, look me up, talk to me, shoot me a message. Um, I'm really responsive. I'm, you know, I check Instagram daily, maybe three or four times, um, sometimes a little bit more. But, uh, hit me up if it didn't work out, post pictures and tag me if you're going to do it. Um, I would love to see it cause I will repost it. And, um, I, you know, anytime somebody makes a recipe of mine, I, I, you know, get a little bit of warmth in my heart. So, um, it's not about me, it's about you, but at the same point, I, I love to see uh, food being made out there and I love to see different interpretations. So, all right, everybody remember, uh, Food is love and we will see you next time.